I have a question. Are you mowing in the dark? Welcome back to the Mowing in the Dark podcast. I am your host, Aaron Sutter. Thank you for tuning in to another Faith Friday episode. Guys, I am so glad that you're here today. I'm so glad that you're tuning in on a Faith Friday episode. Welcome. If you're new here, that is awesome. I'm always looking to bring new people in. And so I just thank you for joining me today on this odd kind of episode that I do every week on the Mowing in the Dark podcast or the Mowing in the Light podcast. I have two different podcasts that I post this uh, Faith Friday episode on. If you just want the faith content, you can go to the Mowing in the Light uh, podcast and you can get all the, the faith content you want there. Or if you want lawn care content along with this Faith Friday episode, you can go to the Mowing in the Dark podcast. That was the original podcast, and then I decided, well, if I'm going to do this faith stuff, stuff, there are some people that listen that just want the faith content, and so I post that on Mowing in the Light. It's just, it is what it is. Now, I also film these episodes for um, YouTube. However, the Faith Friday episode... I have found out through posting these on YouTube is that YouTube, the YouTube algorithm does not like the things that I say <laughs> on the Faith Friday episodes, okay? And so, because of that, the Faith Friday episodes that are filmed, if you want to watch those, you can watch them on Rumble, all right? You can look them up on Lansing Lawn Service on Rumble. Uh, all my videos for the Lansing Lawn Service YouTube channel are also posted on Rumble. So you can go check that out over there if you would like. Um, I would encourage you to do that. Uh, it is a little bit awkward when I'm filming these Faith Friday episodes because I've got the the Bible here that I'm reading from. And so sometimes I'm looking down and I'm not making eye contact with the camera. But it is what it is. I have to do it in order to get these Faith Friday episodes out. So, guys, a little bit about the week this week. It's it's kind of a crazy week this week just because all week long we've had this snowstorm rolling across the U.S. And it's finally to Michigan the weekend right right before Christmas. And so everyone around here is kind of freaking out. Our grocery stores are packed. They are just jam-packed. People are buying everything they can buy, you know, the toilet paper craze of 2020, you know, whatever. So toilet paper apocalypse, you know, whatever it is. And so grocery stores are slammed this weekend because number one, it's Christmas. And number two, we've got a snowstorm coming in. So it's not going to be as bad here in Lansing, as it is going to be over towards Lake Michigan, Grand Rapids, things like that, they're they're predicted to get a foot to a foot and a half of snow just just tonight and tomorrow. So because they have lake effect snow that's mixing in with this storm, and so they're gonna just get slammed. Us here, we're only gonna get four to six inches of snow. Originally it was it was looking like we were gonna get a foot here too as well but they've changed the forecast now they've changed the totals 
And so we we are only predicted to get four to six. Now that could go up or down depending on the, the lake effect snow that we get here. We don't typically get a lot of lake effect snow, but with the blowing winds that we're going to have with this storm, it, we could get more lake effect snow and there will be drifting and things like that. So we'll probably have to go out a few times for this storm. Now, typically it takes me about 13 hours to do my, my snow removal route. And so I'm kind of dreading this storm because I've got to do at least twice, probably. Uh, number one, because the amount of snow it's and it's spread out. So it's going to, it's going to rain this afternoon and then it's going to transition to snow. Uh, from about 10 p.m. till midnight, and then it's just going to snow all all night through Friday. And so we're going to have to, especially for businesses, I've only got three businesses that I do, but I'm going to have to clean clear at least two of those. One is closed, I know, so I don't have to hit them up right away. But at least two I'm going to have to hit uh, to get them cleared just for the opening of business. And then we're going to have to go back and hit them again. And so same thing with driveways. I've got, uh, you know, we're just going to have to hit them and hit them again because it, it's a long snowstorm. And so with that, you know, sometimes you just can't predict and each storm is different. So you really have to, you know, play it by ear with every single storm. And it, it can get really crazy and I can get really stressed out about snow. But it is what it is. You, you can't control the weather. And people, my customers anyway, are fairly understanding when it comes to snow removal. And I, you know, I just tell them, you know, it, you might not get cleared until the end of the storm. I'm going to try. I'm going to try, but traffic's going to be slow. It's Christmas weekend, so tra traffic's going to be worse. And just getting around is going to be difficult because I'm going to be out in the middle of the day trying to clear driveways. And it's really a pain in the butt when you're clearing anything in the middle of the day because of traffic and crazy people that are driving and just making poor decisions. So guys, with that all being said, uh, I hope where you're at, it's nice and sunny and warm and you're, you're walking around in shorts and a t-shirt. But if not, if you're, you've been impacted by this storm, hopefully you're able to dig out or, or get out and do your work and uh, be productive. So with all that being said, let's jump into Faith Friday today. Today we are jumping into 1 John chapter 2. And we are only going to do verse 1 through 15 because, or 14, I think it's 14, because it's, it, uh, chapter 2 is a long chapter, and so I don't want to make these episodes too long. Usually they end up being about 45 minutes to an hour, so I don't want to make them too long. And so with that being said, I just want to get anyone who's new here, I just want to give you this disclaimer that I'm not a theologian. I'm not a Bible scholar. I didn't go to school for for Bible or for preaching or for anything. I just love the Word of God, and I love expounding on it. And I am finding through these episodes that I'm learning a lot. I'm learning a ton just by trying to kind of be a, a pseudo-teacher, if you will, trying to open up God's Word a little bit more you know, just explaining it a little bit more. Uh, you know, I can't go super deep into these things. Some some people could spend a whole episode just on one verse, but me, I, I can't do that. I don't have that depth of knowledge. And so 
I'm just, I'm just working through it with you like I would work through it with myself. And so uh, hopefully you enjoy that. Uh, I'm not here to, to, I mean, I'm here to learn with you and I don't get everything right all the time. So if I say something that you don't agree with, please let me know. You can email me at lansinglawnservice at gmail.com. You can send me an instant message on Facebook at Aaron Sutter, or you can message me on Instagram at Lansing Lawn Service. I would be happy to interact with you and, and discuss what you think I got wrong and and your opinion on it. And I've had some people do that. And that's really awesome. I love that. So if, if, cause I want to be, I want to be on the right side here. Okay. I want to be on God's side. And so if I get something wrong and say something wrong, I want to know so that I can come on here with the next episode and correct whatever I said that was wrong. Okay. So I, I definitely want to be sure that I'm getting this right. Okay. So with all that being said, let's jump into 1 John chapter 2, 1 through 14. All right, here we go. The way I do this is I read, I read the whole section, and then we go back to the, the verse that we started with, and we go all the way through and verse by verse and just break it down. Okay, here we go. My dear children. Oh, let me go back. I want to go back to verse 8 of chapter 1, just to give us some context, okay? I won't break these verses down, verse 8 and verse 9, but I just want to give you a context here, okay? If we claim to be without sin, we deceive ourselves, and the truth truth is not in us. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just and will forgive us our sins and purify us from all unrighteousness. If we claim we have not sinned, we make him out to be a liar, and his word is not has no place in our lives. All right, verse 1. My dear children, I write this to you so that you will not sin. But if anybody does sin, we have one who speaks to the Father in our defense, Jesus Christ, the righteous one. He is the atoning sacrifice for our sins, and not not only for our sins, but also for the sins of the whole world. We know that we have come to know him if we obey his commands. The man who says, I know him, but does not do what he commands is a liar, and the truth is not in him. But if anyone obeys his word, God's love is truly made complete in him. This is how we know we are in him. Whoever claims to live in him must walk as Jesus did. Dear friends, I am not writing you a new command, but an old one, which you have had since the beginning. This old command is the message you have heard. Yet I am writing you a new, a new command. It's true. Uh, I'm sorry. It's truth is seen in him and you because the darkness is passing and the true light is already shining. Anyone who claims to be in the light but hates his brother is still in darkness. Whoever loves his brother lives in the light, and there is nothing in him to make him stumble. But whoever hates his brother is in the darkness and walks around in the darkness. He does not know where he is going because the darkness has blinded him. I write to you, dear children, because your sins have been forgiven on account of his name. 
I write to you, fathers, because you have known him who is from the beginning. I write to you, young men, because you have overcome the evil one. I write to you, dear children, because you have known the Father. I write to you, fathers, because you have known him who is from the beginning. I write to you, young men, because you are strong. The word of God lives in you, and you have overcome the evil one. And that's where we're going to stop. Oh, man, there's there's some really good stuff in this one. So I, I'm super excited for this. Okay, let's go back to verse 1, okay? And I read verse 8 through 10 from chapter 1 just so that you knew where we were coming from, okay? Why Paul was saying, my dear. My dear children, I write this to you so that you will not sin. But if anybody does sin, we have one who speaks to the Father in our defense, Jesus Christ, the righteous one. So the Bible says in another spot, and I'm sorry, guys, I'm so bad at referencing back and knowing where something's found in the Bible. I'm just so bad at it. And I I need to get better. I need to memorize scripture. I just don't. I I haven't uh, since I was a little kid. And I need to, because it would be very helpful in these episodes. But it says here in verse one, my dear children, I write this to you so that you will not sin. But if anybody does sin, we have one who speaks to the father in our defense, Jesus Christ, the righteous one. So what Paul is talking or what John is talking about here, sorry, the reason I said Paul is because we spent the last, I don't know, three months in Romans or whatever, or four months probably. So, um, This is John writing here. The reason he says this is because the Bible says that Jesus is our mediator. He's the mediator between us and God. All right. So we bring our prayer requests to Christ and Christ brings our requests to God. All right. Verse two, he is the atoning sacrifice for our sins and not only for ours, but also for the sins of the whole world. So the atoning sacrifice, if you think back to the Old Testament, if if you know nothing about the Bible, I'll just give you a a 50,000 foot view here. In the Old Testament, Israelites had to to, uh, offer blood sacrifices to the Lord for for atonement for sins. Atonement means forgiveness, okay? So they had to offer sacrifices to God so that he would look on them and see the blood of the animal and forgive their sins. Blood had to be shed so that their sins could be forgiven. This says here, John says here, he is the atoning sacrifice for our sins. So no longer, since Jesus came and died on the cross, We no longer have to offer blood sacrifices. Jesus was the final atoning sacrifice. When Jesus died on the cross, his blood, if we choose to follow him, covers our sins and we are free. We are free from sin. Now, that that doesn't mean that we don't sin. We are freed from sin. We are freed from the bondage of sin. All right, we still sin. I still sin. You still sin. We all still sin. We're sinful. But when God looks at us, he sees the blood of Christ. He doesn't see our sin. When we accept Jesus, when we say, I believe that Jesus Christ died on the cross for my sins and that, he, that God raised him from the dead, 
that means that we believe in Jesus Christ and God sees our his he sees the blood of Jesus Christ. Now it doesn't it's not enough just to well I, I guess I shouldn't say that. I might be going down a path that I can't get out of here. But uh, when you believe in Jesus, your sins are forgiven. All right. Now, someone once said on a on a TikTok video or something. It was a podcast. It's this black gentleman. I think it's uh, from the basement or something like that. I I don't know. It's Instagram maybe instead of TikTok. I don't know. But he he said. Something that he said that has stuck with me is that if you, sir, if you believe in Christ, the savior and as King and not just savior, then you have to die to yourself. So just like Jesus died on the cross, now you have to die to yourself. And so that, that has stuck with me and, and I, that, that video has really had a a big impact in my thinking. And so that's what John is, is getting at here. He's reminding, uh, believers. That's who the book of first John is to is just two believers. So us, he's reminding us that Jesus was the atonement sacrifice for our sins and not only for our sins but also for the sins of the whole world jesus christ didn't die just for believers he died for everyone now it's up to everyone to believe to believe in him to choose to follow him because we can reject him and we can even choose to follow him and then turn our back and reject him and we've seen that today with some of these leaders in the church have decided to turn their back on God and say, I, I, don't, I don't follow God anymore. I choose not to follow you. All right. And so that's that it is what it is. You can choose not to follow him. God's not going to hold you there against your will. If you don't want to be with him, he's not going to force you to be with him. Okay? Verse verse 3. We know that we have come to know him if we obey his commands. All right? So it's simple. John just says it right there. We know that we have come to know him if we obey his commands. What does that mean? What are his commands? Well, you have the Ten Commandments, which are kind of the foundation, all right? Thou shalt not kill, thou shalt not steal, thou shalt not uh, covet or whatever, all ten, okay? I should have those memorized, but I don't. <laughs> um, and, and so those are the foundation, but there's a whole bunch of other commands that Jesus commands us to do, to follow, and we need to follow those. All right, I'm going to take one second and get a sip of coffee here. So what John is saying here is that this is kind of a test. This is how you can test yourself to to see or people around you. You can you can see other people around you. And you can you can test yourself and you can test others around you. Are they truly walking with God? Do they truly believe? All right? We know that we have come to know him, Jesus, if we obey his commands. Verse 4, 
The man who says, I know him, but does not do what he commands is a liar, and the truth is not in him. So I know people like this. Maybe you know people like this. They say they're a Christian. They say they're a Christian. They don't ever go to church. They they do not keep the Sabbath day holy or remember the Sabbath day and keep it holy. They don't uh, even try to be good by, by any stretch of the imagination. I mean, I, I know people that call themselves Christians that go to strip clubs and to, to all different kinds of things that are not good, that are not God-honoring, that go against what God has commanded. And so, obviously, they're, they're not telling the truth. And I, I don't like calling people liars, but that's what they are. That's what the Bible says they are. Verse 5, But if anyone obeys his word... God's love is truly made complete in him. This is how we know we are in him. All right, so this, he's, John is telling us, this is how we know we, we, us, are in him. Whoever claims to live in him must walk as Jesus did. Pure and simple. It, it's, it, it, some people call this a test. This is how you can test yourself to know that you're in the faith. All right? If you walk as Jesus walked, you are in the faith. Let me read that again. Let me read verse 5 and 6 again. Sorry, I'm coming down with a cold here or something. But if anyone obeys his word, God's love is truly made complete in him. This is how we know we are in him. Whoever claims to live in him must walk as Jesus did. Pure and simple. It's so easy. I, I made a post on Facebook this week that you don't need a daily devotional book. You don't need a, a study guide, a Bible study guide. Now, if you want to get a little bit deeper, I mean, I've done some really horrible study guides that are so basic. You you absolutely do not need them. But if you're new to the faith and you just don't know anything and you feel all alone and you're trying to get into the word, okay, you can use a study guide if you need to, but you got to be very careful, very careful. There's so many bad teachings out there that you have to watch out for. My, my claim this week on Facebook was you don't need any of those things. You just need to pick up your Bible and read it. It's simple. It's easy to understand, especially the New Testament. It is simple to understand. It's not hard. It's not reading a rocket science book. It, it's simple. It's easy. It was written by fishermen and by, by just simpletons. And it was written down that way so that you could understand it. Children can understand this, so you can too, all right? Verse 7, dear friends, I am not writing you a new command, but an old one, which you have had since the beginning. This old command is the message you have heard. So this old command, walk as Jesus walked, is, is the same command these people 
us believers have heard since the beginning. Um, that's, that's the whole message of the Old Testament, is to walk faithfully with your God. That, that's the whole message. And so now we're, he's just saying, this is, not, this is nothing new. But he's reminding us, we, we are dumb, all right? The Bible says we, like sheep, have gone astray. Sheep are dumb. They are a flock animal. They just, where one goes, if one decides to go one way, they all go that way. And it, they will run off a cliff together. They, they literally will. That's why they need a shepherd. That's why we, as sheep, need a shepherd, a pastor, of a church. That's why we need to be in church because we like sheep have gone astray. We need someone to lead us because we are stupid. <laughs> we we get so lost. We can get caught up in thorns and thickets and we need a shepherd to come and rescue us out of the, the stupid dumb situations that we get ourselves into. All right. Verse 8. Yet I am writing you a new command. So it's an old command, yet a new command. Yet I am writing you a new command. Its truth is seen in him, Jesus, and you, because the darkness is passing and the true light is already shining. So what the new command is that I believe is that the the old command, referring to the Old Testament, Jesus hadn't come yet. Now it's a new command where you have to follow Jesus. And it's, it's the truth is seen in him, Jesus, and in you. All right. Let me go to my trusty commentary here and see what they have to say about this. Uh, William McDonald is the author of this commentary. It's the Believer's Bible Commentary. I, I turn to this a lot because I want to make sure that I'm giving you guys the best information that I can. Okay. So when I mention the Bible commentary, I always link it in the description below the video and on the podcast notes so that if you want to go pick one up, you can pick it up at Amazon. Okay. Because it's, it's a really good help. All right. You don't have to sit down and just read it. If you have a question about something, it breaks it down verse by verse and you can go to it and read it. Okay. So this is chapter two, verse eight. Eight. Let's see what they say here. Oh, it's a long one. Yet this command is not only an old command, but there is a sense in which it is also new. When the Lord Jesus was here, he not only taught his disciples to love one another, but he gave them a living example of what he meant. His life was characterized by love for others. The commandment was thus true in him when he was here on earth. But now there is a sense in which the one in which the old commandment is new. In this dispensation, uh, it is not only true, true in the Lord Jesus, but in believers also. These Christians had formerly been heathens living in hatred and passion. Now they, they illustrated and embodied the great law of love in their lives. Thus the darkness is passing away whenever men receive the light of the gospel. The darkness has not all vanished because many have not come to Christ, but Christ, the true light, is already shining, and whenever sinners turn to him, they are saved, and be hence 
and henceforth love their fellow believers. I think that was a great explanation. I'm not even going to talk anymore about it because that was a great explanation. All right, verse 9. Anyone who claims to be in the light but hates his brother is still in darkness. You cannot hate your brother, whoever that might be, whether it's a fellow believer, whether it's your neighbor, you cannot hate your neighbor and and be in the light. Because Jesus loves everyone. Now, can I dislike someone? That's a question that might come up. Can I dislike someone? Sure. We all have our preferences of people. And and a lot of times I go back to the 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 homosexual argument, you know, I have homosexual friends. I, I have friends that um one in particular that I mean he he's a, a good friend. I, I consider him a good friend. Um and he's married to a man and um I, I, I love this person. All right. I do. I, I don't, I can't agree with the lifestyle that he's living, but I still love him. And, and I love, I love his, I'll even call him a, a husband because they are two very good people. They're good people who I believe have chosen to live a sinful lifestyle but I still love them. I don't hate them. I don't wish ill upon them. I don't, I don't wish any harm to come to them at all. You know, I don't, I, I've, my wife and I, we have gone and we've had dinner with them when they, they, they moved to Texas and the, they came back up a couple years ago. Now when they come up, sometimes it's really hard to get together, but, um, I still, I still have respect for them. I still love them, but I just, I, according to God's word, according to what I read in scripture, they've chosen to live a sinful lifestyle, but I don't hate them. I don't despise them. I don't, I, I don't, I don't, I love them. They're very good people. I mean, the, the one I, you know, I don't know the, his husband too well, but my friend, I've known him since we were in high school. So, I mean, they're very good people, but I don't hate them at all, at all. Um, I, I can honestly say that I love them, both of them. I've only met the husband once, but super nice, super relatable. I mean, just down to earth, very nice. So I I don't hate them at all, at all. Uh, Verse 10, whoever loves his brother lives in the light and there is nothing in him to make him stumble. I want to go to the commentary again for this one. Oh, it combines 9 through 11. Oh, come on, William. Well, maybe I won't go to the commentary then, because that's a long read. All right. Anyone who claims, 
Verse 9, whoever, anyone who claims to be in the light but hates his brother is still in darkness. Whoever loves his brother lives in the light, and there is nothing in him to make him stumble. Now, I would say I, I'm struggling to understand what this verse says, verse 10 says. There's nothing in him to make him stumble. Yes, but does that mean stumble away from Jesus or just stumble in sin? That's that's what I'm struggling with. Um, and, and I don't know. Let me, let's, let's read the commentary. In verse 9 through 11, we have the contrast between love that is false and that which is, which is true. If one professes to be a Christian and yet hates those who are truly Christians... Okay, so he clears, clarifies that hates those who are truly Christians. It is a sure sign that such a one is in darkness until now. This latter expression shows that it is not a case of backsliding that is in, it, that is in view. The man continues to be what he always was, namely unsaved. On the other hand, the one who characteristically loves his brother abides in the light, and there is no cause for stumbling in him. All right, so he kind of clarifies that a little bit, that it's the Christian brother that you're supposed to love. I think you're supposed to love everyone, honestly. Now, I can hate actions. I absolutely can hate actions, but I do not hate the person. I can hate someone's lifestyle, but not hate the person. I do not hate my friends that I was just talking about at all. I love them dearly. Verse 11, but whoever hates his brother is in the darkness and walks around in the darkness. He does not know where he is going because the darkness has blinded him. So if you're hating on your Christian brother and you're, you're just like, I cannot stand that person. I, I think they're awful. I just, they're just miserable. I don't like them. I don't like many of these people that I go to church with. Listen to what I'm saying. I don't like going to church because everybody there is a hypocrite. We've all heard that before, right? I don't like going to church. Maybe you've said it. I don't go to church because everyone there is a hypocrite. I don't like the people there. I think they're hypocrites. They, they drive me crazy. This is part of the test here. Are, are you truly in the faith then? Are you listening? Is, is it registering here? You, you got to be honest with yourself. Are, are you reading this? Are you getting it? Is it getting into your brain? Maybe you're not in the faith like you thought you were. I went through this two years ago. I found, I just found myself wanting. I found myself not in the faith. I found myself outside. And I, I thought I was saved for, since I was 12 years old. I found that, no, I don't think I am. Through, through God's word, that's, that's where I found it. By testing myself. Testing myself. All right? I, I hope this is getting to you. I hope you're hearing this. I hope it's offensive. The word of God can be offensive. It's, it's like salt in a wound. If you're not living correctly, if you're not following Christ, it is like salt in a wound. And I hope, I hope 
that it is like that for you if, if you are not walking in the faith. Verse 12, I write to you, dear children, because your sins have been forgiven on account of his name, Jesus Christ. Verse 13, I write to you, fathers, because you have known him who is from the beginning. Him being Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ is from the beginning. I write to you, young men, because you have overcome the evil one. I write to you, dear children, because you have known the Father. Verse 14, I write to you, fathers, because you have known him who is from the beginning. I write to you, young men, because you are strong, and the word of God lives in you, and you have overcome the evil one. So Paul, in this whole section here, verses 12 through 14, is not talking to actual fathers or children or young men. He categorizes the church in this way. So we're, we're looking at when he says children, he's talking to the entire church, right? So he's talking to the, all the believers. I write to you, dear children, the whole church, because your sins have been forgiven on account of his name. All right. So Jesus name on account of Jesus name. And then he keeps going on. John keeps going on here. He says, I write to you fathers, the fathers of the faith. So the, the older men, the mature Christians in the church, I write to you fathers, because you have known him, Jesus, who is from the beginning. I write to you, young men, young men meaning the new believers in the church. I write to you, young men, because you have overcome the evil one. You've overcome the evil one with faith in Jesus, okay? I write to you, dear children, everyone again. I write to you, dear children, because you have known the Father. I write to you, fathers, the old men in the church, the the, the longtime believers, I write to you, fathers, because you have known him who is from the beginning. I write to you, young men, the, the young in faith, because you are strong. You have a lot of vigor. You, you've got energy. You're, you're strong. You've got muscles coming out of your earlobes, right? I write to you, young men, because you are strong, and the word of God lives in you, and you have overcome the evil one. And that's where we're going to stop today. Verse 14. Guys, I know I on the video especially, you can tell that I have a sweater on. We actually had a plumber come in and put in a... Uh, a water softener. So it's been actually about three hours since since uh, the last time, since verse 13 until 14. So I just, if it seems a little weird, weird, if my energy is different, it's because we had an interruption and I had to stop. But this has been such a good passage. Just, and it's short. I mean, this, this portion was short, but there's a lot of good stuff in there. I really encourage you to, if you have time, if you're not out working, if you're at home right now and, and you don't have anything else going on, sit down, read through First John. You could read through the whole book in a half hour or just read this portion, verse chapter 2, verse 1 through 15 or 14. It's such a good read and it's so encouraging and it's challenging. And so that's what, that's what I want 
this series, as we go through 1 John, that's what I want it to be, is encouraging and challenging, because that's what the book of 1 John is. It's encouraging and it's challenging. It's challenging you on your, your assumptions, and it's challenging you on your beliefs and how you treat people, and it's challenging you to step into your role as a man of faith, as a woman of faith. So, that that's where we're going to end today. I hope this was helpful for you. I hope it was impactful for you. And uh, I just hope that this encourages you. Uh, if it does, it, please consider subscribing to the, to the podcast. It would mean a lot to me. And if, if it, if you get encouragement from this podcast every week, please take the time and either leave us a five-star review on on Spotify or a five-star review with a like a couple sentences letting others know what you think about the podcast if you would give us a rating and review on Apple Podcasts that would be awesome we need more social proof on this podcast all right so if you would do that that would be awesome i'm not i'm not all about making money i don't make any money from this podcast except for the youtube videos they make a couple of cents all right not a whole lot of money but i've got to generate something here to to help pay for equipment and my time and right now it's not it's not paying for my time or equipment so if you could at least do those things for me Everything else is completely free to you. All I need you to do is leave a rating and a review, okay? If you could do that for me, that would be awesome. Share this podcast on your social media if you would. Encourage others. Spread the word. Help them be encouraged. Let them know that there's just the faith episodes on Mowing in the Light podcast, all right? So do that for me if you would. That would be just that would be amazing. Okay. So that's it for this episode, guys. Thank you for listening. And I will see you in the next Faith Friday episode.